I'm Tiziana Deering. Be sure to catch us tomorrow on Radio Boston. We're looking at a housing fight that is turning neighbor against neighbor in Milton. And a no vote there could encourage other cities and towns to break the law, a law that is aimed at getting more homes built. It is fascinating. Make sure you catch that. You are listening to Radio Boston. Humans are accidentally fertilizing Cape Cod's bays and estuaries through their toilets. This fertilizer is feeding toxic algae and other growth. It's dangerous for wildlife and bad for the Cape's economy. So now the question is, how do we better treat or even recycle the thing that, well, makes us human? WBUR's Barbara Moran has been following the story. Hey, welcome back. Thank you for having me. This is a fascinating one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I just (laughs) want to start with a bit of a visual, not the visual you're thinking of. When you visit one of these contaminated bodies of water, tell us what it looks like. Bring us to the scene. Yeah. So sometimes it just looks like the water looks kind of a little bit green, a little bit gross, and you're like, "Mm, I'm not sure if I want to go in there. And worst case scenario, it's like a thick, green, bright green sludge paint like almost. toxic algae basically yeah. that thing yeah. you hear about yeah i mean it, it looks it, it does not look like somewhere you want to go swimming or boating or have anything to do with you yeah. know what i mean so it's pretty gross and yeah. that is basically because human waste is saying grow plants grow it is basically i mean our pee is basically plant fertilizer right i mean if it's the same it's got uh, phosphorus it's got nitrogen and that sort of gets into the waterways and then Kaboom. Then you have toxic algae and you get um, all these like non-native plants growing. And it's just like it's too much, too much of a, you know, too much fertilizer in the wrong place. Okay, so we're going to break all of this down for folks. This is (laughs) what's going on in the Cape. And it's actually (laughs) fascinating. Uh, You've got uh, two stories out about this. I I just want to start with there's a difference between unpleasant and dangerous, right? We have firmly established unpleasant. Uh, is this also dangerous? This the, these growths and and the the algae and things that are are blooming in the waterways. Yeah, great question. So the, the toxic algae uh, that's usually in freshwater ponds, it is actually dangerous. So it can make people sick. I guess the toxic word probably right. should have clued me in on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's um, mostly dangerous for for pets and small children who might ingest a, a lot of it. So it can make them quite sick, and it's killed dogs on the Cape. Mm. Um, and the the sort of the saltwater algae is usually not toxic dangerous but it can lead to this um what they call it anoxic environment in the in the water that can kill fish and kill all the wildlife so both pretty bad and of course a given economic impact oh my god so many like so number one property values right um and then of course tourism right because tourism is the whole lifeblood of the cape that's why people go there so um i actually one of the people i interviewed was this woman pat schubel and she lives near i'm sorry Pat Allman, who lives on Shubal Pond in Barnstable, and her pond had a toxic algae bloom a couple years ago, which made her aware of this issue. And here's what she said to me. The Cape economy is still people coming here in the summer. So if they can't swim in um, our ponds, they can't swim in our ocean, they can't boat, there's not going to be any reason for them to come here. So I think this phrase existential existential crisis, people overuse it. But I think this really is one for the Cape, right? Okay. okay, so that's what I want to get to. So here's where we are. We've got human waste creating essentially fertilizer that is fertilizing toxic and unpleasant uh, growth in saltwater and freshwater down on the Cape. It's harming wildlife. It's affecting the economy. Now, one might ask, okay, but there have been people on the Cape 
for a long time, and humans always produce human waste. So how do we get to a moment where we're at this existential crisis? Barbara Moran of WBUR, whom I am speaking to here on Radio Boston. That is a great question, right? So it's been this confluence of factors on the Cape, right? So the the, the Cape, most of the people on the Cape use uh, septic tanks for household waste, which is, you know, your waste goes into a tank and then it filters out into the the surrounding uh, sand. Private for each person on their own property. Exactly. Bingo. Yeah. So those work fine in rural areas. And the Cape used to be much more rural. But over the 20th century, it became more and more and more crowded. And it's there's so many people there now and so many septic tanks that it's kind of overloading the system. Uh, on top of that, the Cape is basically a giant sandbar, right? So anything that gets into the ground eventually gets into the water pretty quickly, right? Because it just goes through the sand really quick. So you've got all these people and you've got sort of a geology that sort of hypes this up, that's making it happen. And then climate change on top of it is it's getting warmer. So the warmer water is sort of feeding a lot of this growth even faster. So more fertilizer uh, from human waste, uh, septic systems that can't handle it, warmer temperatures and lots of water means giant greenhouse on the Cape, yep, basically. basically. You got it. All right. Yep. Okay, so now what happens? So now what? Okay, so last year, and uh, we talked about this last year when we I did. came on, Yep, is that the state was like, okay, enough, really. So you guys need to figure this out. They passed a new regulation that said each, um, I think they divided it up by uh, watershed. So each watershed needs to figure out a way to manage this wastewater. And if they don't figure it out, then every single person is going to have to replace their septic tank with this fancy schmancy new septic tank that filters out nitrogen, which costs, you know, $35,000, $40,000. Per right? household. Yeah, exactly. So everybody's like, whoa, 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 whoa. So now all these um, cities or towns down on the Cape are figuring out different ways to try to manage it, right? And um, the bigger, the biggest possible ways they're doing it are with putting in sewers, right? And putting in these fancy septic tanks in certain places. Okay, so right. we got two ways yeah. to handle this now, yeah. right? Yeah. Either a city or town can say, hey, we're going to centralize this. It's yeah. not going to be house by house in your own backyard anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But as I understand it from your reporting, this is tens of millions of dollars. It is so much money. Okay. It's unbelievable. So I went to Barnstable because they're uh, pretty far ahead. They're, and so they're pretty densely packed. Barnstable is the biggest town on the Cape. They've got Hyannis and a couple other villages. And what they're doing now is they're putting in sewers, sewer lines, for 12,000 properties, which is not that many, $1.4 billion. Holy cannoli. It's unbelievable. And, you know, they're they're the biggest town on the Cape, but every other town, it's like similar. We're just like millions and millions of dollars in Mashpee and Falmouth and everywhere. It's like the numbers are unbelievable. And years, like Barnstable is going to take three decades, 30 years to put this, this in. It's it's just like you can't even like the numbers just like make your brain explode. Well, plus you've got you've got algae exploding in the yeah. meantime at yeah. a pace that obviously thirty years can't possibly exactly make it. exactly. So the the woman who spoke before Pat um, Pat Allman, so she lives in Barnstable, and she, but her house isn't going to get sewered for like twenty years. Okay. So her neighborhood, they were funded by a, a nonprofit raised money to put in these fancy septic tanks in her neighborhood. So this is the other option. Either yeah. centralize it in the city, of town, city yeah. or town or improve the septic systems in individual households. Yeah, basically each house has its own little sewage treatment plant to sort of put into their house, which okay. is expensive. The reason they were able to do it in this neighborhood because there was a nonprofit that raised money to do it. But that was that was their solution. But still, 
expensive. I mean, expensive being fifteen k, hundred fifty k. I'd say thirty five to forty k. Okay, so pricey. Yeah, yeah. I don't have that kind of money lying around. Do you? You got forty k? You uh, want to spend on a septic system? No. Uh, <laughs> If I had 40K, I still wouldn't want to spend it on a septic system. And that's part of the challenge here, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 You want to just flush and forget about it and be done with it. All right. So here's where we are. We're speaking with Barbara Moran. She's telling us about this challenge uh, on the Cape. I mean, where essentially the, the level of concentration of humanity combined with an aging and individualized septic infrastructure down there is creating... Uh, fertilization uh, p- p- and heat from global warming. Yep. And yep. now we've got these massive blooms of yep. new kinds of algaes and growths in the waterways that are threatening wildlife and the, e- the ecosystem there as well as the economy. And it turns out mitigating it is expensive. Yes. Whether a city or a town does it themselves or individuals. This sounds like a rock and a hard place. Do we just throw our hands up and say it's hopeless? Well, <laughs> so this is, you know, so a lot of, you know, regular people. And, and we're laughing. I, I, I want to know, not funny haha, but just funny, holy cow, what do you uh, yeah, do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so a lot of people on the Cape are thinking the same thing. They're thinking, oh, how, oh, there's got to be what others. Do do? There's got to be other solutions. And there yes. are sort of other ways of mitigating this. There's, you know, you could put in oyster beds. You can sort of um, pass bans on fertilizer. So there's all sorts of other sort of mitigating things people are doing. But the one idea that has sort of percolated to the surface as a most useful potentially is what's called pea cycling. As in as it sounds. As in it sounds, as in your pea. Your Mm -hmm. pea going to a a better home. Okay. (laughs) So... um, let me, so I went down and I talked to uh, this couple, Hilda Menge and Earl Barnhart, who live in Falmouth. They're known as the power couple of peace cycling on Cape Cod. And who knew we had one? Power I couple. learned so much yeah. on this story, I must say. Okay. So I went down and I, I talked to Earl and he he told me sort of his, his big picture thinking about pea. In nature, you have plants and animals and the animals eat the plants and the waste from the animals go back to the plants and the nutrients go round and round. Uh, Humans don't do that at all. Okay. So Earl, what he did was he went out and he said, he he sort of found out about all the money that Falmouth is going to spend on sewers, right? And he said, there's got to be another way. And he did all this research and found that most of the problem is in pee. And if there's a way to divert the pee, keep it out of the groundwater, sort of, you know, pee into it special tank and then the tank gets taken away, that could go a long way to solving the Cape's problems, right? Of course, there's some issues. Number one being the ick factor. Nobody really wants to manage pee or or think about pee, right? right. But it do, I got to say, it does make perfect sense. It sounds like, you know, biodiesel. Probably at no point, at some point, nobody wanted to manage old cooking oil either, except that it yep. turned out to be really smart to do that. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So he and his uh, wife, they put in two urine diverting toilets in their house. They've got the pee goes onto a tank in the basement and it gets, um, they use most of it on their garden. Okay. <laughs> Because we just established it's a natural fertilizer. That's part of the reason we have this problem. And if you use it sort of the right amount at the right times, it doesn't get into the groundwater, and that's fine. But they are – there is a a group down at the cave that is starting a pea cycling program where they will take your pea and they're sort of – trying to turn it into fertilizer, right? And this has been done. uh, There's a place called the Rich Earth Institute in Vermont, which is sort of pioneering this recycling pea into fertilizer. And can I assume, Barbara Moran, that this is a lower cost option than the $35,000 it takes to install the septic system in your yard that filters it all? Oh, yes. So you can get – so pea cycling can be – 
the, the highest end pea cycling system would be like $15,000, right? Okay. To get a whole fancy schmancy setup. Lowest end, 100 bucks. Okay. You get a little portable urinal for the guys, and mm-hmm. then you sort of recycle the pee in a barrel, and it gets taken away. All right. So is this gaining traction? Yes. I can't even believe it, but it is, right? So yeah. it's been um, the, the town of Falmouth in November at town meeting actually passed uh, some money to uh, look into a pilot project. And in April town meeting, they are going to vote on a 50-house pilot project to sort of convert 50 houses to pea cycling mm-hmm. and uh, to see if that diverts enough to cut down on the nitrogen and see how much that'll do for the town. Yeah, it'd be like the first time uh, something like that was done in the whole country. All right. Not now, a- because you are dedicated to your work, my understanding <laughs> is that you used one of these facilities and it was not a big deal. No. Made a donation, as they say. There yes. You go. So, <laughs> and it was fine. It was fine. Yeah. It was just like it was like a normal toilet. It was very anticlimactic. So I was like, I, I mean, I, I did. I went into this whole thing thinking like, ooh, gross. This is nasty. This is silly. And then I came at it thinking, this is this is amazing. Yeah. This could totally work. So you've got two digital stories at WBUR.org. You had an audio story today. You'll have another tomorrow. Barbara Moran, my understanding is basically it's going to take all of it, right? It is going to take all of it. Yeah. Exactly. Like all the things. But let's have open minds and we can fix this. All right. WBUR climate and environment correspondent Barbara Moran, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you.